it's another edition of Musical Shenanigans. Today we're talking about four of the eight artists that have five or more albums in the Rolling Stones' top 500 albums list. So stay tuned for thoughtful and profound discussions about the Beatles, Neil Young, David Bowie, and Kanye. Or listen to this show. All right, this is Corey. This is Dave. This is Scott. And this is, uh, yes, this is Musical Shenanigans once again back for more fun. We've returned, hi! And this time, we're taking on four artists that all have, I think it was five or more albums in the top 500. Yeah. And this week, we are covering, in order, The Beatles, Neil Young, David Bowie, and... Kanye. Grueling. Grueling this week. 25 albums in total. Literally yeah. 5% of the entire list. Yeah, some of us are drinking because of that. Yeah, I'm imbibing a little too. Let's start easy. Let's pick the Beatles. Overall thoughts on the R's. Can we really badmouth them? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no. So so much absolute influence. Like, it's even... Yeah. Even if you picked out the, the songs that are generally considered their absolute worst, Yeah. it's still hard to argue with the overall act for me uh, out of those five and and honestly i thought all those albums kind of deserved to be there sergeant pepper was that one yeah they they actually grew to hate that album uh, <laughs> because because it was one of these deals where it was so good and people just raved about it so much that that became the benchmark about where they were ju- everything they did after that was well it's good but it's no sergeant peppers well yeah you you know what i mean you you do something that good and then you better at least follow it up with something as strong. Yeah, exactly. Very experimental, very out there. And this was the direct result of Pet Sounds. Yeah, it was. this was um, one of the first pop albums to not have any breaks between the individual tracks. And later, when Pink Floyd made Dark Side of the Moon, Roger Waters was quoted as saying that that was kind of his inspiration to just go from one song right into the next with no breaks. But I think we can overall say that they're great. I feel like the albums they left off could have been on there too. I'm not a huge, huge Beatles fan, but I respect them very much as, as artists and just as they were really groundbreaking back in the day. I mean, they they did things that no one else had done. They came up with some ideas that no one else had tried. For a band with so much influence on music thereafter, it's amazing when you take a step back and say they were actually only a band for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And, and and their entire discography was recorded in seven years. Look at all the genres they covered in oh, that God, seven yeah. years. Oh, God, yeah. I love most about them was the chances they took they said you know what this is what we've been known for was you know earlier stuff but they're like no we're gonna do something different we're gonna throw something completely from left field at you They, they threw shit like come together out there which at the time was like what and it's not it's not even just the musical styles it's just some of the stuff they were doing in the studio that nobody was doing before yeah especially when they got to like rubber soul and beyond and up until the White Album and, and Sergeant Peppers, these songs all clocked in under three minutes. Yeah, that's true. And they were solid. They got in, they made their point, they got out. They, they had a hook, they had a groove, and they made their point, like you said, and they got out. And, yeah. and that's really, I think, how a good song is. You don't, you, you don't need five, six minutes on a song most of the time. It's, I mean, some of, some of that stuff, again, that they were doing in the studio, like recording backwards right. and using tape loops and close miking. And uh, I think I saw that on, on one song, 
uh, Lennon actually had sang with a microphone wired into a Leslie speaker, which uh, it, for people at home who don't know what a Leslie speaker is, it's a speaker that was made to go with a, a rock organ. And there's sort of a, there's actually a rotating cabinet that gives it this kind of warbling effect. This was the first time I think anybody had ever tried singing a vocal through that speaker. So you had that sort of warble in his voice. Okay, I think we can uh, we can stop there. We're all we're all happy with the Beatles. That's why it was first. <laughs> we can start easy. Take a breath. Release. Okay. Neil Young. Uh, from the from the ba- from the band that recorded "Drive My Car" to the man who recorded "Ride My Llama." Yeah. Nice. Nice. About about the nicest thing I can say is that he married Daryl Hannah. I will say, I mean, he is an American voice, although, you know, through a Canadian PA system. <laughs> um, he's, you know, he's a hell of an activist, environmentalist. He's yeah. a humanitarian. I mean, he's one of the founder co-founders of, of Farm Aid. Sure. I mean, the right. man does a lot of great stuff, and there are plenty of his songs I do actually like and this was yes. something we covered before is that there are times when neil young can sing i just think he chooses not to most of the time and that's and that's the biggest problem and i don't think we've actually talked about the reason we're all sort of groaning a little bit here which is that voice right he's a he's, yeah. a, he's a very talented songwriter great very good lyrics at times it, it's just he he chooses to use that high-pitched whiny voice and it is a choice because there are songs that he does not use it on but he chooses to use that high-pitched voice, and it is just so off-putting to me. You can only take so much. It's kind of like what my buddy says about bluegrass. He goes, yeah, I like bluegrass. I can listen to maybe one, two songs, and I, you got to turn that shit the fuck off. Yeah. So with Neil Young, I can listen to him for a while, and then we have to stop. Yeah, yeah I got to admit, that was a really tough bunch of albums to listen through. His hits are obviously the ones where he's not whining. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Cin- Cinnamon Girl. Um, Needle in the Damage Done. Oh, I love that song. Rockin' in a Free World. Southern Man, Heart of Gold. I mean, great songs. And he's not whining, he's singing. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's a choice. And um, it, there was actually even one song where he was in the middle of doing his little whiny Neil Young thing. And uh, not only was he doing the whiny thing, but at one point he hits the top of his range and his voice actually cracked like Peter Brady on the Brady Bunch. It was god awful. <laughs> And at some point, some engineer went, yeah, we'll leave that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. I did like, as I was listening to these albums, there was one thing that like, on two of the albums that I, I, I liked, I don't even know if it necessarily worked musically, but I liked the idea. Um, Tonight's the Night um, was uh, one of the albums, and that was also a title track on the album. And there was a part one and part two. The first track on the album was Tonight's the Night part one. The last track on the album was part, like Tonight's the Night part two. And they were the exact same song, but they were just done in totally different styles. Like he opens it, he sings the song in sort of this bluesy, minimal, heavy bass kind of jazzy vibe. And then when he closes, it becomes more of this sort of Delta blues style. And then he does that again on Russ Never Sleeps. He started with, you know, Hey, Hey, My, My. And the last track is the same thing, except the first time it's acoustic, the second time it's electric. It was just an interesting concept. I really liked that track. That was one of my favorite tracks of his. And it was recorded live. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these were not studio releases. He released them as live tracks. Yeah, he's he's one of those artists that kind of fits in with the quote jam bands a little bit well i think a lot of people view him as as really the precursor to to, to grunge music and like nirvana and all sure that. sure um, yeah in fact actually kurt cobain's suicide note actually quoted it's better to burn out than fade away right in the suicide note he has that angst 
He does, and I think that's what carries him. And I, I think I certainly believe he belongs in the top five hundred. Yes. Yes. Is he a favorite? No. And not all of these albums either. Correct. I would say two of them. Tonight's a Night, I like. The early one, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere, that had Cinnamon Girl, and maybe Harvest. I liked Harvest Moon. The, well, there was Harvest, and there was Harvest Moon, right? There were two There's of them. Two, two different oh, albums. Oh, okay, okay. I could have gotten them confused, too, but I'm, I wrote Harvest. Kind of, a, kind of a shitty marketing approach. I wrote Harvest Moon, so that's what I said. We're just going to say, was it Harvest or Harvest Moon? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... I don't think we have anything else to say on them. Nope. Agreed. Definitely belongs, on, definitely belongs on the list, just maybe in a more scaled back capacity. Yeah. Yes. You, could, you could have done a greatest hits with it. But I wouldn't have included Keep on Rocking in the Free World. That You know how many times he says that in that song? Really? You guys don't like that tune? I do, but I've played it. And I have to tell you, that chorus goes on and on and on. <laughs> when I filled in for the Dedic Theologists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They played that song. And one of the biggest mistakes was is they gave me their drummer's headset mic. He was nice. sick, so I was filling in for him. And I got bored just singing keep on rocking in the free world and my brain went well what rhymes so in the background i started singing got caught fucking at sea world <laughs> got caught uh, fucking at sea world uh, oh, oh my god well yeah that sounds like you but it only came through on the monitors yeah, apparently they knew better than to put me through the uh the main but i'll tell you i mean back to the main thing core you kind of launched that by saying that you know you didn't necessarily believe that that song would have belonged on the list but just that's a perfect example like just the fact that every band in the world has covered that song tells you what a big song it was oh absolutely and hurricane I mean, they oh, were yeah. late, later songs that were brilliant. <laughs> Neil Young will remember that a Southern man don't need him around anyhow. Just gonna say that. Just gonna say that. I think that's a perfect point to move on to David Bowie. St. Bowie, yes. Yeah, going back to the Beatles' influence here, I mean, this guy, the, what was interesting about Bowie is not just his reinvention musically on every album, but the fact that he would create entire characters and sort of live his life as that character until the next album came out. And he was, back to the Beatles' influence, he was actually inspired by Sgt. Pepper's, the idea of like the, the Beatles going out and creating this alter ego that prompted him to go do the same thing. He brought that artistic flair. Yep. Yes. That just jumps out on everything he did. If there's a term in music for method acting, yeah, that was Bowie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think that's what I love about him is what I love about the Beatles. He went for different sounds, different genres, and the experimental, the different characters. He took chances. Absolutely. The Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane, the Thin right. Night Duke. I mean, he just kept reinventing himself over and over again. Even in his later albums, he did that. I was surprised Black Star didn't make it on here. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that, too, because it was a very good album. Yeah. He knew it was his last album. When I listened to these albums, there were so many pieces that was in Black Star. It was like he created a greatest hits but with newer songs oh interesting yeah yeah i mean if you go back after now that you've heard these albums go back and listen to black star you will especially station to station yeah hello mm-hmm. both actually i think they have those feels in those songs interesting since we're talking about the albums any high points anything anyone wants to mention honestly the the musicianship on his albums like spiders from mars just the musicianship the guitar playing 
playing in particular was really spectacular. Absolutely. If my favorite out of all the ones they had on the list, Station to Station or Low, was probably a little bit of a toss up between both. I actually liked all those instrumentals. I thought they were kind of musically interesting, personally. It's sort of Brian Eno ish. Brian Eno was brilliant. Is. Is brilliant. Yeah. Is. I think Low, the reason actually that it had all those instrumentals on it was he had been, he played the lead uh, in a movie called The Man Who Fell to Earth. Yes. He was writing this album at the same time. And the idea was going to be that he was writing the soundtrack to the movie as well. And he found out that that wasn't actually part of the deal and they didn't really want his music. He got kind of pissed and just went off and released it as an album anyway. But but all those instrumentals, I think it was because it was supposed to be incidental music on the movie. It's very good. Yeah, it is very good. Station to Station, which was I think was my other favorite one, is uh, it's interesting there because according to Bowie, he doesn't remember that album at all. <laughs> because he was he was so heavily into coke. I mean, when he picked up and moved to Berlin, it was because of, of how coke addicted he was. He was having severe psychological side effects. He was having hallucinations. So uh, it, when he finally sort of hit the wall and realized he needed to go get help, it was that was when he kind of picked up, I think, and left L.A. and, and headed to Berlin just mainly to get out of the drug scene. And that one's got golden years. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah, that's a brilliant song. One more thing about Bowie. I, I was just looking at my notes here. We talked about Sgt. Pepper's earlier with Good Morning Good morning. That was uh-huh. that 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 that. Good morning. Good morning. Lennon stole that from a Kellogg's cornflakes commercial that was airing at the time they were recording the album. Yes. Scary monsters and super creeps. Bowie got the title from toys they were giving away in boxes of Kellogg's cornflakes. Nice. I like it. I like the nice. title. All right. So uh, now we need to take a moment to uh, talk about our sponsor the shaman super center folks down there have uh sent us all a little care package so we all got something different and uh larry down there wanted us to kind of talk about the store i mean i know you all hadn't been there before what was y'all's experience well larry was great i mean show you know showed me around just an amazing center there and and uh, but i mean it really you're right some of the products they sent over were just fantastic i actually got i actually got it this little sort of copper wire pyramid thing that goes on your head for meditation it, it I, I and i have to tell you i mean i was kind of feeling down my chakras were off i didn't feel the chi flowing tried it out uh, they all, oh, by the way, they also threw out this great little pendant, too, this this chakra healing energy pendant. I will say this, guys, if you buy stuff at the Shaman Super Center, please make sure you read the directions. Don't be like me, because I, I did not realize the pendant and the pyramid, you should not use those at the same time. And I was in the middle of a Native American medicine wheel in Sedona, Arizona, totally naked, no idea how I got there. Yeah, there's like a wolf there. He's talking to me. Of course, I don't understand a word because I don't speak Navajo. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do to get out of there. Fortunately, a giant eagle appears. Uh, he's got, he's got, uh, you know, he had uh, a Tommy Bahama shirt and a pair of cargo shorts, so I could get dressed. That was nice. Got dressed, found my way down to Phoenix, got back, but just an overall scary experience. So again, just be careful. Make sure you ask questions. They will answer answer any questions you've got down there. The customer service down there yeah, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say, you know, Larry turned me on to some anal bleaching soap. <laughs> it worked. It worked a charm. It stung a little at first, and then you know it kind of kind of made it itch a bit, you know. But but after you know after like half an hour, it kind of calmed down, and I was like, yeah, I felt a lot more centered after that, a lot cleaner. So you know, I I went back and I thanked Larry, and he was like, you know, you could put a little lidocaine on that, it helps. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. So you know, like you were saying with the pendant, you know, and and the pyramid, don't mix. It's like you know, go easy on the anal bleaching stones, yeah. Read the directions. Absolutely. Directions are important. All I got was like this little rubber play toy. 
It's got like a hand on the end of it all clenched. I thought it was a fight the power thing, you know, like a Black Panther. It's nice because it's got like a little st sucker piece you can put like right on the floor. It stands straight up. I mean, and you can, I mean, I play like Rock'em Sock'em with it, like smack it. It comes back up and you hit it. It comes back. I mean, it stands erect every time. Now, what was also cool was, is I also got like this pack of gels with it too. Nice. All these nice. different flavors like strawberry, knee-high grape, raspberry, snozberry, and pine. Pine. Now, what's weird is, I mean, they really smell nice, but they got the same consistency of like Kentucky jelly. I couldn't really figure it out. But I'm telling you, the little the little thing with the little fist on it, you know, I hold it up to like the neighbors. I'm like, yeah, fight the power. I'm waving that thing around. Well, you know, I I, I got a Kanye West t-shirt the other day, but at the Shaman Super Center? Wow. They really do have everything. They have everything. Yeah, no, they they but listen, I mean obviously they're great down there and, and they did want us to mention if you spend two hundred dollars or more, they will throw in a free six pack of sparkling ayahuasca. Uh, it is it is cool and refreshing, but be careful. It's got a little extra kick. Well, Larry, we, we just can't rave about you enough. Um, and, and your products are great. Like you say, you come down for the healing and, and stay for the love. Absolutely. It's just it's just wonderful. Praise Satan. All right. And now back to our show. Take a deep breath. We are, we're going to do it, huh? Stretch. Is this real? <laughs> is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? caught in a landslide <laughs> no escape from this reality let's just put something out there right now kanye west is a douchebag the three of us know he's a douchebag anybody listening to this right now knows he's a douchebag if you are kanye west's biggest fan in the world i suspect on some level you know that kanye west is a douchebag we stipulate that, that kanye is a douchebag but we are also capable of divorcing kanye west the man from kanye west the music we're going to focus as much as possible on kanye west the music and i say this just because I think you were about to hear some awful, awful things about Mr. West. Thank you for issuing that caveat. That's, that's a very good point, Dave. Thank you. So, who would like to go first? So, I'm going to start with... He's he's not a rapper. We all know he's not a rapper. Yeah. Some, of the, some of the background music, though, right? Some of the actual mixes and beats and samples. Pretty interesting, especially against the backdrop of what everybody else was doing. We're not hip-hop guys on this podcast, obviously. If, you, if we're going to say, you know, the Beatles deserve credit because they went out and tried to do something different. Due credit to Kanye, he went out and tried to do something different. At the, at the time he kind of broke through, it, most hip-hop was gangster rap. He didn't go there. He wrote about other topics, right? Relationships and money and jobs and all of that. So credit to Kanye. Credit to Kanye for trying to do something different. He even admits in the David Letterman interview that's on Netflix that even his rapping is not that strong. I found that to be incredibly humbling on his part to even admit that. I've heard him say that, that he puts more effort into the backing track because he recognizes that he's that's not his strong suit. His his backing tracks though I mean, they sound like a they sound like a car accident. They are monotonous, but I, I try to keep it in the time frame of it's dance music. Is it and in dance Jesus it, it, Christ. I mean, you bring it up. He's got hip hop. He's got dance. And you blend that together. And it's about repetition. But I'll say this. It's not truly repetition. If you listen to every single one of these albums, I no, actually sat through I actually no. sat through all of them. And he actually did change styles from album to album. Oh, I didn't mean that. I meant like when he uses a sample or he uses something in a song. 
Oh, oh, over and over. In those three minutes, it's over and over. Yeah, again. it's yeah, very yeah, repetitive yeah, yeah. throughout that song. But that's the kind of familiarity that people like in their songs. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he, he reminds me of a dude with Tourette syndrome. His, his rapping style, though it's so chaotic, it's almost stuttering. Then when he can't find a rhyme, and he had 10 fucking people writing the lyrics on, <laughs> on Yeezus, okay? 10 fucking people writing those lyrics, and he couldn't make the fucking things rhyme. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with that guy? That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ to you, yes. Oh, man. I have to give credit to a lot of the swagger. A lot of the, you know, the big ego and he's better than everybody else. But, but you know where he gets it from? These kids grew up, they had MTV and you know, they saw the likes of David Lee Roth and Vince Neil and David Coverdale with these chicks and all the opulence. And you look at the rap and you see where they're just kind of putting everything out there. That's what they wanted. They wanted that rock and roll life. He reminds me a lot of Two Live Crew. Hey, we want some pussy. I mean, he may as well have done that. Yeezus, that album, could have been a Two Live Crew album easily. He is completely disparaging of the LGBTQ community. He's completely disparaging of the black community. He does nothing to build up or empower women. He did. I'm the guy's a fucking asshole. I said we're just dis- I said we're distinguishing between Kanye the man and Kanye the music and Scott's talking about being an asshole in the music. I, so I'm that's talking fair. about the music. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, are. His lyrics do portray that. His his musical style is I'm a big fucking asshole and for some reason, for some inexplicable fucking reason, people like that shit. The generation he's getting, look back at us. I mean, when we came up in the 70s what do we have we had like disco and yacht rock and the and the country crossover yeah i mean some of it we've been able to go back and kind of appreciate but we were rebelling yeah we were looking for something completely different i mean that's how we found metal that's how we found prog rock oh we had punk too and we had punk and i mean and, and punk is still out there but i think that that's what he brought he brings something completely different, and, you know, these these millennials and all that love him. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, so... I will say, okay, he's a weak rapper, Yeah. Yep. but as a producer, he is trying to bring up young talent True. and other people out there, and I can admire that. Uh, you know, I guess just to sum up, I will say this. I do admire his constantly being willing to try new things. I'm sure it would have been a lot more lucrative for him to just make the same album over and over again. Uh, there's on College Dropout, which was his first album. He had just gotten in this like horrific car accident. His jaw was wired shut and he still went in the studio and recorded a song with his jaw still wired. Is that why that one sounds so much better? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, and then and then had the audacity to name the song through the wire. But then that was sort of like his is the sound I think that original sound that everybody associates with Kanye, the big sort of like maximalist sound. He like again, he could have kept doing that over and over again. But when you get to something like Jesus, I jotted down it sounds like Trent Reznor made a rap album. He also uh, worked with the dudes from. Um Oh, Daft Punk. Daft Punk had a huge part of Yeezus. I mean, so he's constantly trying new things. I will say there's like, even if I don't personally care for it, there's definitely a musical sensibility there. Yeah. When you have a list of 500 albums, can I make a case for Kanye being somewhere on this list? Yes. 
somewhere, but not all of these albums. No. Not, not by a long shot. No, no, no. I would no. concede Graduation. I felt that was one of the strongest. I like that. I, I, I'm, well, like is a strong word, but... Relative, subjective word. Every, all things being relative, I like that one. And, and late right. registration, I thought, that Scott, I know you and I are going to disagree on this, but on Yeezus, there's this, the opening tune is called Black Skinhead, and I know, I know you hate yeah. it. I actually no. like the musical vibe of that song. There was a real drummer on that shit. Yeah. That's the one song on that album uh, actually that and new slaves on Yeezus. Um, New Slaves, it's like, just in general, the lyrics are so, they're so throwbacky to that whole two-live crew thing, and it's like, dude, just, you know, wind that shit back some, man. Come on. Actually, speaking of that, on Black Skinhead, I think he actually samples Rock and Roll Part 2 by Gary Glitter. You got it, you got it, that's a, sampling Gary Glitter in 2013 is a ballsy move, (laughs) considering what Gary Glitter was ultimately convicted of. Yeah, he didn't age well. I can understand why he's in the top 500. I can even agree to having him in there. He has made a difference. He is trying to bring up others. When you sell 140 million singles, you must be connecting with somebody. Yeah, you're doing more than just slick yep. marketing. So yeah, I'll get. I'll give him that much. He's not pulling a one-shot Kaja Gugu kind of shit. He's not. Um, you know, right said Fred, but he's certainly no Beatles either. No. Does he? Does do all those albums deserve to be no. there? No. I, I would say one. I and I would consider and I would concede two tops top one of the, the one interesting thing that we didn't mention was back when we were talking about uh, Bowie and uh, especially the Ziggy Stardust album the cover of that album is pretty iconic and uh, it was only rec- it was only recently that I was looking at the cover and I realized it's Bowie sort of on a dark street standing in front of a shop of some sort and the sign hanging above his head says K West I saw that <laughs> and, and it, it when I realized that honestly there my first thought was well like did is Kanye West a stage name was he inspired by apparently no it's just total coincidence and i guess k west is a it was actually like a fur shop they sell fur coats in london and they were apparently like none too pleased that bowie took this photo out front without their permission because they didn't they didn't want to be fur coat store right they got a high-end clientele they didn't want to be associated with a rock musician right now of course they you know 40 years later they've totally embraced it they actually have a plaque on the front marking the place where the album cover was shut all right next next time our four artists are The Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, and Led Zeppelin. Wait, that's almost normal. It, yes. We, we got the hardest one out first. All right. So thank you all. Praise yeah. Satan. <laughs> Praise Satan. All right. Until next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.